It is dead nuts middle of December and it's 46 degrees. I don't know if you can say that. Dead nuts? Yeah, I don't know if you can say that. It's the Ides of December. I think it's... (laughs) (laughs) How would you say it's the middle of the month? I guess I would have to look up the etymology of the phrase. I'll stop saying it just in case like it's a PG-13 thing. You can only say it once. (laughs) But it's 46 degrees. It's still vest weather. It's been vest weather for a long time, which is great. I asked if i should put mine on because i feel singled out no you've got a cute little uh what do you call that chenille it's fleece it's a pullover yeah what's that material i don't know describe it to people that are listening is it velvet no that would be nice (laughs) velvet (laughs) a velvet pullover you could you could pull off velvet i think Uh, i don't know if i could should i see if bruce can make us some velvet velvet kibble like the ladies man from snl (laughs) (laughs) If if we're gonna do it they have to Velvet be pastel suit. colors, and they have to be. You have to come with pants that too. It has to be a whole suit. Yeah, it can't just be a shirt. It's got to be pants too. Oh, wear that to one of our trainings. I'll wear it to Farm Fest. I just looked up dead nuts. You're fine. What's it mean? It means that uh, there were s- digital scales that had threaded nuts that were locked in place to set zero. Oh, see, so, I didn't think it was a problem. You're over here, with I Mr. Guttermind. I mean, I thought it was. This is according to the internet, too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Take it with a grain of salt. Top hit on Google. Just don't go to Urban Dictionary. Yeah. (laughs) Let's start this podcast. You want to go ahead and hit that intro button? It sounds like you run a customer support line. That's my job. Literally my job. I know. You do it very well. I won't interrupt you this time. You're getting pretty close to the cutoff line. Like right about now? Uh, Now. Welcome to Everything Egg, and then some. A frequently fun, usually informative, and always tangent-filled look at the industry that feeds the world. From cutting-edge John Deere technology to the impact of social media on the agriculture industry, no topic is off-topic. Yeah, that was pretty good again. Thanks. I I half had to ad-lib that because I didn't have the whole thing written in my email, so I hope I got it right. It's close enough. If it's not, that's just proof that I do actually do it live every time, right? Today... We have a special guest, and unlike last time, this is a new special guest, but it's me, Kibble Man Sam, you. Me. Other Kibble I, Sam. I thought you we had this timed out where well, you were going to say. Normally, it's half and half. Sometimes you introduce me, sometimes you don't. Well, I got to keep you on your toes. Well, I suppose. And then we got Boss Man Chris, whose nose is not working good, so he has to go get that fixed. <laughs> <laughs> it's not plastic surgery. I'm pretty sure you're just hiding this as you're uh, you're getting some work done. Little halftime adjustment. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, my nose doesn't work good. Some people midlife crisis, they get a Corvette. I'm gonna you get to get a new nose. Yeah. Some people just have you know some part of their body. They're like, if my nose was better, I'd be a ten. <laughs> you know. And I think you you're probably the same. If you you're like an eight point five, Chris. But if you just had a a new nose, you'd you'd be a ten. <laughs> That's really what Hillary wanted for Christmas. <laughs> all i want for christmas is my husband to get a new nose (laughs) schnoz is hideous and then sorry uh and then our special guest today uh is none other than my birthday buddy (laughs) (laughs) and my old boss and and sammy j's old boss jeff hanegraaff who is our i had to write this down because i would have gotten it wrong our corporate parts customer support analyst correct is there another word that goes in there somewhere no there no, we go. It, it's a tough one to remember. So what's what, is, there, what is, is there an acronym for it for that now? 
because everybody has. Oh, yeah, it'd be a CPCSA. <laughs> yes, Sounds like you're certified. Duh. So what does the CPCSA do? So I work with um, three locations, Brookings, Tyler, and Marshall for Kibble, and our four Platte Valley locations down Nebraska. So I work with inventory there, so I'll order the stock and and do parts returns. Uh, basically, I assist the aftermarket sales managers, parts managers, a lot of administrative stuff. Ooh, um, a lot of delegation? Not really, Damn no. Damn it, that's one of my favorite things to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just give your interns jobs that you just don't want. Yeah, it sucks when I don't have interns because then I can't delegate quite yeah, as much. Yeah, then you just give me the jobs I have to that bring stuff want. over to you. So how did you get... I mean, because you've been around the block, especially when it comes to the aftermarket and parts side of the business. So I guess I would just say, give us some background, kind of where you started, what's your experience, give us some background on yourself. So I actually started back in 1994. I know this dates me. I wasn't quite 16 yet, so I mean, you guys could do the math. Anyway, I started part-time with another John Deere dealer, um, just doing yard work, odds and ends, things like that. Right after I graduated high school, they had an opening in the parts department and that was that. So you were a parts parts counter guy for? I've been in parts for 29-ish. And before this, you were a parts manager here at the? Yeah, well, so I was a parts manager here at uh, our Oatana location. Previous to that, I worked for another dealer is, well. They who shall not be named. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they don't exist anymore. <laughs> a- alongside boss man, Chris, yeah. As I was the corporate parts manager there, and then previously parts manager, and then parts before that. Yeah, we've known a lot, each other a long time. Funny story. <laughs> oh, boy. Here we go. We're, we're only like yeah. seven minutes into this thing. <laughs> we're already at funny story. So we Here actually we met originally at, oh, what is that? Country Fest. Country Fest. So, so oh. randomly... We had, you know, like it's a country music festival where you have a camping site. So we randomly had camping sites next to each other. So that's the first time we ever met. And then fast forward to like 2011, I'm interviewing for a job at that previous dealership and Jeff's in on the interview. <laughs> You're like, wait a minute. He's on the other side of the table. And I'm the whole time we're both like, we talked about it later. We're both looking at each other like, God, I know that guy. I, I think I mud wrestled that guy. <laughs> in the kiddie pool? That was it? <laughs> Yeah. So, so yeah, we worked together quite some time. So you've been around quite a while. So I think just, we've established that. Yeah, just just say he's <laughs> old and get just say he's old. You know, when a customer thinks about parts, I at least the stories I hear from customers usually don't get phone calls saying, "Gosh, Jeff, thanks for having that part in stock." Maybe not so much. Thanks for having the part, but thanks for being open. We've gotten yeah. that on Saturdays, Sundays. Yep. yep. Extended hours. hours. Yep. That's a really nice. Nice thing to hear when you're burned out on a Saturday afternoon and a customer says, hey, thanks for being open. You know, yeah, just one thing can really make your day. Right? Yep, absolutely. So how do you handle it? You know, you, we hear a lot when we don't have the part. Maybe could we could we go through that? Like, how do we decide as a company? And I know dealerships have different philosophies on this. How do we as a company decide whether or not to stock a part or not? So it basically goes off of, without boring everybody, uh, basically goes off of codes that John Deere sets. You know, you're, you're critical codes. How important is this? Like a, a filter, a customer would expect you to have the part. An unloading auger, maybe not so much. So that basically runs off of your demands. So the more critical the part is, the less demands it would take to stock the part. We default ours to like three, but higher critical parts, we stock at one. So that, that would mean that a, a one would be if we sold one of them 
in the last year, we're going to stock it. Yeah, so it's actually one in the last 18 months. We're 18 months. Fairly aggressive that way. Yeah, because, yeah, how harvest shifts. Yeah, that way we roll through two cycles of two seasons. So, so what would you say Sammy J is? Is he a one or a three? I'm a three. <laughs> I'm a three. I don't know That's if my scale goes up that I can. <laughs> I don't think being a three is what you want. We need to sell no, three of you to stop. I'll tell you free and clear. I'm a three. You're higher than a three. You're like a. You're That's a, worse. You're a solid four and a half. Well, what scale are you putting me on now? I think you know. <laughs> so do we use metrics based on our specific store locations on what we stock? Or is that a, you know, how do we get that number of So each demand? each individual location we have obviously stocks different parts because their demands are different. Um, just like if we go over to the far west, we got self-propelled forage harvesters. Probably won't see one of those around in the shop, around the Watana location. Right. It goes off of if somebody comes in and, and orders a part or requests it and we don't have it we post what they call lost sale that's saying hey we got a demand for this depending on the criticalness of the part we'll either bring it in or it might take two demands in order for us to bring the part in okay stock. okay so there's a nuance you said demands not sale so if we had a lost sale that would count towards the correct the lost okay. sale is considered a demand yep okay yeah i guess for the guy that does come in and is frustrated well geez, why don't you have this part in stock or that part in stock? And and really our answer most of the time then is just because we haven't had a lot of failures or haven't had a lot of need, a lot of demand to replace that part. I mean, that's really the simple answer, right? That is, but a lot more goes into it. I mean, we got, you know, 20 technicians sitting out in the shop taking parts. And when you think of when we sell the most parts is in spring and fall. Okay. So we could stock a part, we could stock three of something. And potentially one guy comes in and three guys come in and clean us out. And that'll happen. Then the fourth guy comes in and we don't have it. So our restock comes back in in two days, typically. Yep. So that's a pretty good turnaround when you, I mean, it's industry leading in my opinion, but um, there's only so much you can stock. Well, yeah. So you've, so it's either there hasn't been a lot of demand or there's been a lot of demand, I guess. That's, yep. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's that two day stock. That's uh, from deer. That's freight free, right? Yep, that's freight free. Freight free, and that is that's a big change in our career. Used to be yeah. uh, a parts depot up in Minneapolis and Bloomington, and that's where we get our stock orders. But it was once a week, and like so, there's potentially you do put it in once a week. There'd be like a t- up to 10, 12 days if you hit it wrong. Actually, it was a it was a two week turn. Two week. You, you'd get stock order every every week, but if I ordered it. Today, I wouldn't get it for two weeks later. Freight free. Freight free. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Huge. That's a big change. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's our stock orders come out of the Quad Cities out of Moline. I mean, that's Correct. amazing that two days freight free. Yep. It's big. But if we need it faster, we need to machine down. If, yep. If we need it faster, we can machine it down and, and have it overnight for freight charge. Um, potentially same day, depending on how bad we do need it. We got connections we can. We can go down to the parts distribution center, pick the part up, and get it back up here in six hours. Right. You know, we got trucks running back and forth in spring and harvest. We have daily transfer trucks on some of our, most of our locations. You know, so a lot of times you can get the part that we may be out of stock of, or that location may be out of stock of the same day. Yep. It's basically just trying to be smart with our assets, you know, what we've invested in parts, but also doing the right balance. 
Correct. Right. Yep. So why is John Deere parts and aftermarket the best? And how do we stay that way? I would say it's the people in the dealer network. I don't know how else to say it. We got good people that work for us, work with us. And John Deere alone is an exceptional company. Oh, yeah. I'd, I'd say people more passionate. Like when a customer comes up to the counter and, and we don't have the part, that are more passionate about that is the guys, the parts guys. There, There is nobody that wants to say no to the customer. Yeah. It's a hard thing. You know, we, we, the well, customer except, is there. Except Sammy J. That's why we had to get him a different job. <laughs> yeah, that's why. There's that. Yeah, he flamed out on a two-cylinder parts guy. <laughs> we had to, we had, in order to for get good that, reason. In order okay. for us to for not press reason. charges, we had to move him into another job. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so like that's your job. Part of your job now is helping each location, you know, look at the automatic, you know, what it automatically spits out with the computer or what we should or shouldn't stock, but then also take that local touch. Correct. Right. Like, okay, well, this is what the computer says we should stock, but because yep. of seasonality or for whatever reason, we have the ability to override it to a certain extent. Right? Correct. And, and you know, that comes from input from the aftermarket sales managers and it's input from not only the computer, but the people at the store, the ASM most likely. Yeah. Like a lot of people like to fix up their old two cylinder tractors over the winter. So we got to make sure we get a few head gaskets in to cover those John Deere sixties and seven thirties. Right. Something Don't like, come to me. I'm waiting for you to say something. <laughs> no, just, I'm just giving you a death glare because I know what's good. You're just trying to poke the bear. I'm not going to play into your hand. Okay. Sammy didn't like looking up anything unless it was on the computer. Cause it's just easy, simple, fast. And then every time we'd get a two cylinder call, I feel like every time somebody called in for a two cylinder part, I was always the one to answer the phone and I'd be like, yep, let me go grab the book. And so then I'd put the phone down and walk to the back and everybody would start giggling and laughing because I had to go grab the two cylinder book. Cause they, everybody knew how much I hated with <laughs> it's, two cylinder it's not necessarily that you got all the calls. We just said, Oh, what you want to talk to Sam? <laughs> sure. We have an expert. Just, just started feeding feeding two cylinder calls to me. Probably paying friends to like oh. prank call. <laughs> but so, in fairness, two cylinder parts are about the easiest thing to look up. Yeah. I mean, they're all the same. Yeah, they are. Well, what are they like? Could be potentially ninety years old. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> not much older than you. Easy. <laughs> Some people get frustrated with serial number breaks and like, Ooh, yeah, yeah. So like, why do I ha why do I have to have my serial number every time I come order a part, Jeff? Because it's not like back in the two cylinder days. Machines are all different. I mean, we could have the same series tractor using different fuel filters. It's yep. Quite an animal. Electrical changes. I mean, yep. there's all kinds of stuff. And so that's a good practice. You know, if you've bought the machine from our dealership, we'll have that record, you know, Correct. on file. But it's 2023, auctions happen, people, you know, buy stuff, private party. So if you have any amount of machines, uh, it'd be a good practice. You know, this is a great time of year. You know, get your serial number list and bring it to the parts counter guys and make sure it's, it's accurate. So when it's April 15th and you need a part, you know, we have the serial number on file. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, because yeah. there's, I can tell you from experience, there's no worse feeling than giving a guy a part after looking it up for 15 minutes and then he calls 30 minutes later after he gets back to back to the farm trying to put it on and gonna be like oh yeah actually it's this part number it's just a little bit off and i'm sure right before he called you he was like i sure if he sounded like joe pesci yeah. in home alone then <laughs> 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 as he's talking to you his teeth are clenched you gave me the wrong part it's a little off <laughs> do you know offhand or have an idea of what our most popular part number or what part we sell the most of here i would assume it's probably a filter or 
maybe a lawnmower blade or some. I don't know. Actually, it's it's actually a filter, and it's a lawnmower filter for a Kawasaki engine. What's the part number? AM one hundred seven four two three. That's when you've been in the weeds a little too long. You know what's it's, really bad is when you look at your odometer on your vehicle. You say, hmm, if you put an RE in front of that, that's a tractor bar. <laughs> That's when you know you've been uh, in the weeds too long. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, speaking of serial number breaks and then model number breaks, a couple of weeks ago we put out a video, a clip from our podcast talking about the 7500 Starfire. Hmm. And <laughs> we, it actually, it it's great. It's great for the video. The video did really well on social media. Like TikTok, it got a bunch of views, but also got a bunch of comments. And a lot of the comments, it's how these social media apps work. A lot of the comments were like, Oh, John Deere's, you know, screwing us over again and making our six thousands and seven thousands obsolete and all this stuff. And really we, I thought we explained it pretty well, but I think the biggest thing with the serial number break and why it's important on the Starfire 7,500 versus the 7,000 is that customers are able to update their own software on these. And so they don't pay as much attention to a serial number break as somebody that would work here. So we want to make sure they're not I can't get the software to go. And they're getting frustrated because they're trying to push 7,000 software if we didn't change the model number to early 7,000, late 7,000. gets confusing. Mm-hmm. So what's the most challenging part of the uh, parts or aftermarket business when it comes to a John Deere dealership? When you have an employee like me. We'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> You're on my itinerary. So, so the most challenging part, uh, I would say... At the counter is probably looking up the part. Knowing what the customer needs is probably one of the most challenging things. What we may call a electric clutch, John Deere could call a device. And that actually was true on the 9500 combines. The electromagnetic clutch brushes, Deere called it a device. You know, so that can be one of the challenges. Also, what is the customer actually needing? Yeah, they're describing yeah. it to you over the phone sometimes, and yeah, because like, you have to be part mechanic, part parts, or part sales. Because a lot of guys will just come up saying, "I'm having this issue," kind of this is what's going on. So then you kind of have to narrow it down. You have to have some mechanical knowledge of what's going on with the machine to try to narrow it down to one part or two parts that they actually need to fix their issue. So that was a big portion of it when I first started too, was trying to get the good background and mechanical knowledge or at least general knowledge on the machines to get the actual part they need. You're back to your thing about what, what it's called in the parts book versus what, you know, we actually would normally call it here. You know, yeah. there's regional differences, but uh, there's also times you have a product program, the deer starts, it kicks off and it's like many, many years long until it actually shows up at the dealership. So my favorite one is, you know, the, the t- interim tier four tractors had the little command center display on the touchscreen command center. Well, when that whole project got started, the engineers called that the secondary display unit advanced. Uh, so in the parts book, it's SDU-A. Boy. <laughs> we call it the command center. Yeah. So, yeah, you find those engineers. Or like the German engineers call it something completely different than what we in America call it. That's and right. I, sometimes I don't even think it's always like this work gets farmed out to people whose their job is just creating these diagrams and gathering these part lists and putting them together. And they might not have much knowledge on what this machine is. So they look at it and go, Hmm, I don't know what that is. I'm going to call it a device, <laughs> <laughs> but I had a lot this, this morning. We were looking up parts trying to help put together a quote for a, a manure kit and in JD point where we order, you type in a part and now there's a cool color picture of some parts. Yeah. That's a, that's a new update. That's pretty select deal. Yeah. Even in the parts 
catalogs too, like 3D yep. renderings of parts to make it more easy to visualize and to describe what it is. Well, and I think Deer's taken a moved in the right direction that way because then you may not have to be as tech savvy to be at the counter. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, hey, does this look like your part? And there's been multiple times where guys have come up and say, on the left side of the combine, right in this area, I need this bolt or this bearing right here. And you're like, you have to process through what's on that side of the combine. What kind of, if there is, is it the tailings, is it clean grain or whatever, you have to decipher where it's at, where I thought right away in parts, it would be really handy. If you just had like a 3D model of the machine, you could spin it around all the ways and zoom into that and then click on that part and they'll bring up the parts breakdown for just that portion of the machine. And more and more that we're getting updates and everything, it's probably going to come to fruition where you can do that stuff. Put on some Oculus goggles and like, yeah, just start yeah. looking around at the counter. <laughs> well, and one thing that you're working on, part of one of your projects, is to make that a bit easier. That communication back and forth from the counter or over the phone, is so customers can just take a picture of what they're looking for, or the parts counter guy can take a screenshot and send it through Expert Connect. You're working on getting that tool yeah, across so, the parts department, right? Yeah, we're we're piloting it right now. Well, I shouldn't say we're piloting it. We actually rolled it out to one district right now. And uh, getting making sure that's smoothed out. So if a customer calls in and they're going to be able to select one for parts, two for service, so on and so forth. If they select for parts, it's going to ring the parts counter. And if the parts counter happens to be busy, customer's not going to be sitting there ring, ring, ring. It's going to go to a, another group that's not specifically located at that location. And that person can then look up the part, say yes such and such a location has it, customer's on his way in, he notifies the parts department at that location, customer will be coming in for this part. In that same program, it's really interactive with the with a customer. They can send pictures to it. We can, we can screenshot things, send it to them um, with just click of a button. So hopefully it yep. makes looking up parts and getting the correct part more efficient. Yeah, when I think it's cool too, the customer can initiate it with just a text message too. Correct. They don't have to call. If they, they just want to text, they can do that. That's the same system that we're using on the Precision A line. Yep. That helps, you know, on the part side, it helps load balance because one location could be just slammed. Correct. And another area could be, you know, brained out so that, you know, it's not like we have to staff up to cover the whole area. Well, exactly. And that's just it. Again, spring and harvest are, you know, the loads are huge. And our counters can't keep up, you know. Off-season, yeah, they can keep up, but, you know, and it's getting hard to find qualified employees. <laughs> and yeah, and then the ones that are qualified cuss out someone looking for a two-cylinder head gasket. That is false. And we have to put them into witness protection. <laughs> <laughs> Your name's not actually Sam. No, it's not. Anybody it's just... at Kibble, fun fact, anybody at Kibble whose name they tell you is Sam, it, their real name is not actually Sam. Yeah, we're in <laughs> witness the... protection. <laughs> we, we printed a bunch of name tags. And... <laughs> So I should have asked you this before I hired, because I hired Sam away from you into... Thank you. (laughs) Early Christmas presents. (laughs) Should I have, like, any tips on, like, managing Jensen? Oh, boy. That's that's a long story. I tried to uh, block those dark days out, so... (laughs) Don't let him use the... Well, my phone didn't turn back to daylight savings time. No, it's, oh, it was it was, it was <laughs> I went out to different South, time zone. I went out to South Dakota, <laughs> out to the Black Hills, and 
time cho- or time zone change and came back. My phone didn't switch over. And so I came in Monday morning, came in at 730, walking in, and everyone's like, where you been? I'm like, what do you mean? It's 730. The store is open. I look at my computer. It's 830. And my phone still said 730. And I was like, ooh. Everyone else has an iPhone in the store. And that was all perfectly fine. <laughs> uh, but I did have proof. I did show them. And it did say it. And it was an hour behind. So Yeah, you can manipulate that. Yeah. Any tips on how, uh, making his workspace a little more clean? No, that's just, I just deal <laughs> yeah. with the clutter. How to keep his workspace clean? Probably don't give him anything to work on. <laughs> I like that I, we got done with the demo 8RX and I had some talc in the cab with it. So I pulled the talc out and I bring it to the store and I'm like, well, I don't know what to do with this because there's not enough to, it's too much to throw away and it's not enough to bring back to the parts desk. So I just walk up to Sam and I was like, hey, here, here's some sea talc because I don't want it. And you were like, I don't need that. And I go, I'm going to put it on your shelf. And it hasn't moved since. <laughs> it's just a catch-all for everything. I got my broken ITC, which you haven't replaced yet. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. We got your sea talc. I have a bunch of old harnesses, but that stuff does come in handy, I will say. So now when you do another demo this spring, either a planter demo or a new tractor with tracks, you're going to be like, oh, we need some sea talc. Guess who will have it? I'll save the day. But you're not going to have enough. Well, <laughs> yeah, for not. one box worth. <laughs> what's your, Jeff, what's your favorite story you've got? Because we've established that you've been in the parts game a while. A I think. long time. Have we established that? Uh, quite a long time. Okay. Well, like 80 years? I just want to make Close. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I want to make sure everybody so make else sure. there knows. Do you have a story? You know, Chris has got about 6,000 apparently. <laughs> what's yours from your several years of the parts game? So when I first started out... So this is taking it back, Sammy. Back in Nam. Yeah. So back uh, when Joe Diffie was topping the charts. <laughs> uh, it might have been before him even. <laughs> so a customer calls in and and I am brand new at the counter. And this customer was a large customer for that location and a very um brash person, so to speak. Mm. Could be. That's a nice way to say that. And he said to me, get me somebody who knows what the bleep is going on. All right. Handed it over to my manager. And uh, I keep thinking about that. And I ended up inviting that guy to my wedding. So, I mean, it's we don't just have customers. We have friends. You know, people like to do business with people they like. That's why I have such a hard time selling anything. <laughs> <laughs> Just to just to go back and think that how 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 I turned that customer from me not knowing anything to him feeling that I'm there to help him, you know. And by that, the that's time, the best part. By the time you invited him to your wedding, though, did you feel like you knew anything? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he, he seemed to think so because I was his go-to guy. Yeah. yeah. See, there you go. it, so why is the parts desk the most important place at the dealership? Typically, your parts department is your customer-facing department. When they come in, the parts department is the first people usually they deal with. So is that a coaching piece for you with Samuel to, you know, we tried smile to, a little bit? We tried to keep Sammy in back. <laughs> yeah, they, they customer-facing. No, but, but yeah, you got you to gotta be friendly and outgoing and... You know, shower but, on Saturday morning, it, maybe to piggyback, piggyback off that. I, the knowledge I gained both from how a business is ran, customer relationships and mechanical knowledge and parts knowledge 
starting in the parts department was completely invaluable and where I'm at now. Like it is the knowledge I gained from that is second to none. So we're parts kind of gets a bad rap every once in a while because they're like oh anybody can do it just run a computer grab a part give them a part that's all it is but you actually do have to have all kinds of skill sets to be successful in a parts department and make a parts department work too and when i first started we had like 160 years between all six of us working in the parts department we had like 160 years of experience well and so we you had like we, one year <laughs> jeff had like 60 or 70 yeah and so just just our parts department had a leg up on every other surrounding dealership because we just had the knowledge and everybody's been there forever. So the customer basis was good and the knowledge was bar none the best around. So and that was a big that, part of it too. Well, and you made that comment to me too, that you originally didn't weren't yeah. excited about being in parts, but the time you spent was you learned about the business side of things because parts is like the best in our company as far as keeping track of stuff. Yeah. And <laughs> parts, I think parts is the perfect place to start and stick with it for a couple of years just to, get your feet wet and learn everything you can in there. I wouldn't change it for anything. Yeah. I'd start in parts. It's the best ever. Anything else, Jeff, you want to share with, I would say with our customers. I, I would, I would say, you know, remember that without them, there wouldn't be us. And without them supporting us to an extent, you know, we're not going to be there when they break down potentially, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I, I like shopping local because of that reason, you know, because we're in it, we're, we're in the, the battle of it, you know, but just remember that. And, and the other thing is the parts department's trying, you know, we're all human. Yep. We don't want to tell a customer. I don't have that. You're coming here for help and we want to help and we'll do the best we can to help. So well, it's like when I started at deer and uh, I would go out and I hadn't seen anything yet. And so somebody would bring me an issue and I'd say, uh, I haven't seen that yet. And they'd go, God, is that what they teach you on the first day? <laughs> every time they, we have somebody has an issue, I haven't seen that yet. So then when it would, when I got in, you know, 10 years into the game and I was going out and somebody would come to me with a problem, that's when I would be like, just like you would say a parts game, be like, God, I hate to say it, but we don't have the part. You know, I would, God, I hated to say it. I haven't seen that before. And I would usually give a long preamble to saying it. I'd be like, I know that you don't want to hear this, but I've been around a long time and I ain't never seen that before. No, I appreciate you uh, hopping on the podcast with us. Thank you. Uh, Is there there anything else you would like to share about your previous employee that... (laughs) That keep everything a secret. We don't need to know any more information. What what goes in the parts department stays in the parts department. (laughs) Yeah, bingo. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to find out after we cut the mic <laughs> yeah, off. You will. You will. <laughs> well, this was a fun one. Uh, I'll wrap it up by saying if you want to follow us on social media, uh, we are at Kibble Equipment on all your favorite social medias. You can send us an email at everythingagpodcast at kibbleeq.com. That's K I B B L E E Q.com. Two B's, two E's. I'm, I almost beat you to the punch. Yep. Otherwise, you can follow me on social media. I'm at Kibbleman Sam. He over there is the other Kibble Sam, and he over there is at Chris Horeb on Instagram and at Horeb on X. <laughs> hey, you See, actually I did said it. it right. I finally you got it. I don't know how many right. episodes that was. And uh, Hanagraph, you're a big TikToker, right? Oh, you bet. You bet. <laughs> mostly dance, like not a lot of John Deere content. It's mostly Just dancing stuff, dances. choreographed <laughs> stuff, right? <laughs> So find so find him at Sparkly Shoes twenty seven. <laughs> well, see you later.